many years that I was not a pastor, I was in the congregation sitting where you are, listening to speakers, and half the time I was thinking about my journey, my story. And I always come to church to be inspired and to be encouraged and to have hope. And regardless of what I say today, we have hope in Jesus Christ. The world is going crazy. Our country's going crazy. But God is calm. He's in control. And he's leading in your story. Before I get really serious, I want to do an icebreaker. You've probably done these at people's homes and stuff. I want to give you six statements about me. One of them is false. (laughs) And I want you to try to guess which one is false. Like I would tell my classes, please do not shout your answer out. There's always one student that does anyway. Do better. We, We will give you the answer at the end of the sermon. Okay, one of these is, one of these is false. I once had orange hair. I once rode an elephant. I have run for political office. I was a police commissioner. This is, I like this one. I have Viking blood in my ancestry. And the last one is, I used to drive a semi-truck. My wife knows the answers. My mom knows the answers. I'll give you the answers later. What do you say in your story? Man, there's so much that we can say. Um, One thing I love about being a pastor is when, and I'm the pastor for visitation, it's usually hospital visitation or a trauma visit. We have a lot of those things here. I apologize if I haven't visited you yet. Um, There's only 4,000 members here. I'm working my way through the list. But we have elders, we have deaconesses, we, we, we do the, but I do visitation. What I love in visitation is I get to hear your stories. I'm also the pastor for seniors, which I learned this week a new term. It's politically incorrect to call you seniors. And in the Forest Lake Church, seniors are 55 and older, congratulations. You fall under that classification. I I read this week that the new term, wait for it, is elders. We are elders. Now, my mom, I won't give her age out, but I went up for her birthday and she's, she's been around for a while. She's a very wise woman. She got a call from her church that They said, we have you on a list. We want to visit the elderly. And she said, I'm not elderly. Who are you calling elderly? I have the joy to work with seniors, elders, and to do visitation in this church. And I want to say off the side, one of the things that inspires me is the elders in this church who have been through so much and have kept their faith. 
Now, I love that the Adventist Church is focusing on young people. We need to do that, and we need to focus on, I guess we'll call you middle people, and then elders, but the faithfulness of the elders, and I'm gonna get really specific here, I'm not gonna use names, but the widows in our church, men and women, that fight loneliness and isolation, yet they keep their faith. There is one question that every living being in the universe must ask and answer. Every, every living being, that includes the millions, zillions of planets that are inhabited in other places, and it includes our rock here, Earth, you probably have asked this question, or if you haven't, you'll think about it today, or you'll ask at some point in your life, can God be trusted? Can God be trusted? I, I have a, I've had to ask that question many, many times in my life. And in thinking that, about this talk, about trust, who do you trust? You're all aware we live in a, in a time where very few people trust very few people. We don't trust our leaders. We don't trust our media. We can't even trust our elections. Sometimes we trust our pastors even less, our teachers even less, our parents. Who can we trust, and especially when you face tragedy, tragedy. Hmm, what do I want to share about tragedy? This is sort of different from first service. I'm, 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 I'm giving you an enhanced version. A week ago, I came downstairs in my house and my dog was dead. 10 years, golden retriever, no signs, nothing. A year ago, my two-year-old cat that I had bonded with during COVID, who was my administrative assistant during COVID, he passed away. So I've lost two pets in a year. And I've learned, I was bad when I was young. I used to think it was weird and funny that people mourn their pets so much. You know why? I'd never had a pet. And then I used to think parents were overreacting with their kids. And then I had three kids. In tragedy, my wife and I lost a baby to miscarriage about 20 years ago. And you go through that. I heard the, we heard the heartbeat we saw the little baby, we lost that. My dad, at 66, had just retired from being a pastor for like 40 years, and he wanted to garden, do golf, and enjoy his grandkids. And six months later, he got leukemia, and six months later, he was gone. And I remember going to Ohio to visit him like six or seven times, during that time, and we talked about everything. I mean, 
we knew what was coming, he would always tell the story of the centurion to Jesus. I know that all you need to do is say the word and my servant will be healed. And my dad would say, I believe that. Can God do that? He sure can. But we of faith wrestle through situations where God doesn't heal people. And then he would say the story, but I'm gonna go with the three Hebrews in the furnace too. If he wants to save me, he can. If he doesn't, I'm okay with that. So I learned from my father who was a pastor. I grew up a pastor's kid. Um, I was pretty legalistic, not because of my dad. It was just sort of the general teachings of the time. I was a good Pharisee. I remember counting down the Sabbath clock Saturday afternoon. And I thought it was such a sin that Adventists would buy VCRs and record programs on the Sabbath and then watch it later. I said, what, that's, you know. And I used to judge what people ate and how they dressed. And I'm gonna apologize, I was very mean and judgmental to homosexuals. I was a good Pharisee. And then something happened, I met Jesus, and I also read a few books by Morris Venden. You ever remember that guy? Righteousness by Faith. And in Kettering Church, where my dad was a pastor and I was growing up, they showed a video in Sabbath, which was pretty serious to show a video in church, Pilgrim's Progress. And I remember the scene where the guy on the journey takes his sins and bags to the cross and Jesus tells him to put him down and leave him there and he'll take care of it. And that's the first time I got a grip of what the gospel was. So my story, there's people, there's places, there's time. I'm gonna do the places. Grew up, born and raised in Ohio for six years. We went to Delaware for one year and um, Anytime you hear a story of a pastor being in one place one year, there's a story behind that. Um, I learned a lot about what it means to be a pastor in churches and politics and other things from just watching my dad. We were there one year and we moved to Philadelphia for five years. I went to Greater Philadelphia Junior Academy. I love Adventist education. I'm gonna tell you why I love it the most. It's related to the pianist that played a few minutes ago. Then we moved back to Ohio, Spring Valley Academy. I had a couple of Bible teachers that taught me the gospel. Luke Fessenden was the one I remember the most and other teachers that were Seventh-day Adventists, but they were also Christians and taught me the gospel and, and uh, my favorite story, man, you're getting bonus material because you know second service, there's no time clock on this. You know that, right? I, I have unlimited space, just kidding. My math teacher, I remember the end of my junior year going in to see him and he said, Steve, I'm giving you a gift of grace. I'm giving you a D minus in algebra. 
I had a problem in algebra. I like to talk. And Nadine, close your ears. I like to talk to girls in math class. So I didn't pay attention. Teachers that were merciful, kind, loving, part of my story. Went to Andrews. I was just there last week for a couple days. It's a weird feeling going there 40 years after you were there. A lot's the same and a lot has changed. And I thought, I can't be, I can't be 60 years old. This is impossible. Andrews was a good experience because I met my wife there. I went there six years and my freshman year, when I went there, I was so excited. All these Adventist girls, hundreds of them. This is awesome. Academy, there were like 20 of them. Okay, this is gonna be great. First year, nothing. I don't know if that had something to do with being a theology major. Second year, nothing. Anybody wanna guess? Third year, nothing. Fourth year, very bad experience. I won't go into details, but it was traumatic. Left Andrews, went to Cicero, Indiana, Indiana Academy to intern. My pastor there, you're gonna love this. Have you ever heard of this guy? Fred Rogers. You heard of Fred Rogers? This is not the guy with the sweater though. This is the Adventist version. Fred Rogers, that church was so kind to me. I was so green, I didn't know what I was doing and they let me do all kinds of things and they were so kind to me, I will never forget the Cicero Seventh-day Adventist Church. Went back to the seminary. When I was in the seminary, there were like four women in the seminary. It was not a wide range of choices. And there was a stigma with seminarians. I was a single seminarian, which is really bad. I would go to my friend's house, there'd be like 20 couples and me. First year of seminary, nothing. My mother would say to me, I was sponsored by the Indiana Conference, Steve, you know you're gonna leave the seminary, you're gonna have three churches, and every Sabbath, um, old ladies are gonna invite you over for lunch. And I said, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? She was very concerned for my social life. I gave up. Forget it, I'm done, this is over. And you know, in life, sometimes we make choices that are critical choices that impact us for eternity. And I had one of the biggest choices of my life was, it was the preview of Star Trek, The Next Generation, Captain Picard. It was the first episode, was coming out on Saturday night. Or I could go to Johnson Gym, for almost anything goes game night. I wrestled with that decision. I went to Johnson Gym. My parents met in Johnson Gym, I've told you this. And who was in Johnson Gym but this beautiful Puerto Rican young lady. And here's, here's one of the clues to the quiz. I was standing there with my arms crossed and I see something move and I look down and this, this girl's coming toward me. This is very nervous. And she says to me, 
what are you wearing orange? Because we were the orange team. I said, I don't have anything. She said, can I spray your hair orange? (laughs) Now, you need to understand, hair was different in the 80s. There was more of it. And I used to nuclear bomb my head with a blow dryer. Take all the curls out, and it was puffed up. Nobody messes with my hair. And I said, sure, do whatever you want. Go ahead. (laughs) She sprayed my hair orange. We had a great time. Now, you're getting the bonus bonus segment. You know, like sometimes at the end of a movie, you know, if you watch to the end, they'll give you an extra scene, giving you an extra scene. The next day, I'm walking into the James White Library, and they had turnstiles where once you went out, you can't go back in. You had to go. And coming in is a different-looking girl with glasses. That threw me off. The glasses threw me off. I walked right by her. Just walked right by her, and then I realized, and I turned around, and I made some comment about the orange hair, and we talked, and uh, I left. I went back to my apartment. I didn't feel good. I didn't feel easy. I was pacing back and forth, so I jumped in my car. I ran back to the library. I ran inside James White Library, went left to the reference room, went right, went around the corner, And there she was sitting with another girl, and I had a big decision to make. How do I play this? I'd been there studying for eight hours. I had no more studies. I went over and I said, can I study with you guys? And they started talking in Spanish, and I knew no Spanish. But I had a figure, and the rest is history. Nine nine weeks later, she asked me to marry her. And, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Nine weeks later, I asked her to marry me. And uh, it all worked out, amazingly. I love Adventist education. That's part of my story. From Andrews University, we moved to Puerto Rico for 16 years, okay? All three of our children were born there. And then I took a call, and she followed faithfully to, from Puerto Rico to Minnesota. What could be different about that? She said, where's Minnesota? I said, you know the map where Barian is here? Minnesota is a little farther north. We did five years in Minnesota. Then we came to Florida. I had the toughest job of my life. 12 years ago, my first year in Florida, I was an elementary school teacher who are the heroes, in my opinion, of the Adventist church and maybe the world. In the Deltona school, I taught sixth, seventh, eighth grade, wait for it, all subjects, all subjects. Anybody remember my grade in math in high school? (laughs) We did one year there, and then God 
led us to Fleece. Robin had a great, great four years at Fleece as principal. And then 27 years of being a principal and teacher, God allowed us to come here to the Forest Lake Church for the last seven years. I've taught kindergarten, elementary, middle school, high school, and college. Adventist and private had that whole experience. Pray for your teachers, P-R-A-Y. Do not pray on your teachers, P-R-E-Y. They are trying, and especially Adventist teachers, God bless them in our schools. Okay, so that's a little, that, that's, uh, that's where we've been. We're in Florida. Here's where we are. Now, family. Let's do family in my story. You know, my dad was a pastor. My mom, God bless her, took care of the kids for 15 years at home. And then she got a job just so she could pay our tuition to go to Adventist schools get us all the way through college. But my family, if I go back, we are, here's a clue to one of the questions, come from Norway, Viking blood. So we have Norwegian, German, Romanian, Czechoslovakian on my grandma's side. Uh, who, who, all right, I see Don Yakish, my, my uh, Czechoslovakian cousin back there. German, Norwegian, Czechoslovakian, Romanian. My wife is Jamaican, Puerto Rican, Cuban. Man, our kids are awesome. <laughs> I mean, they are. They speak Spanish. They lay claim to every continent in the world. Um, my great-grandmother, Rebecca Gal, on my mom's side, she came with her husband to the United States in the early 1900s. He told her they were coming for one year. She left her family, left everything. 40, 50 years later, she got to go back and visit her sisters. She came, she didn't know English. She came. She, to, to, make a, to make a short story long, um, she ran into an Adventist lady in a garden they were gardening. The lady invited her to church, and she became a Seventh-day Adventist, and that started the Adventist line. Um, then my grandmother, my Aunt Charlene in the front row is my mom's sister, my favorite aunt. She's the only one in the world that I have. Um, my grandmother grew up across the street from my grandfather. They're buried over here in Highland Memory Gardens. Rebecca Gal and Mary Usker were members here in the 80s and 90s. They went to Dorcas. Um, so my family's over there. When I do um, funerals over there, I'm always aware they're resting there. Okay, they came over right before World War I. Good thing to get out of. On my dad's side, um, German, Norwegian. Okay, so it goes then to my mom. I have a brother, a sister. I have three kids, a son and two daughters, my wife, etc. That's the family, family heritage. I know you guys have stories that involve family, that involve the past, that involve tragedy. 
I know, I know there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of you I don't know what's going on. There's a lot of you I look out here and I, I'm a part. This is a great thing about being a pastor. You let us walk with you in your story. I'm very sad today because Steve Yancey, whose memorial is at four, was a friend of mine. I knew him very well, and he died suddenly. Can God be trusted? Well, Lucifer brought that question up and took down a third of the angels. Adam and Eve failed the test, didn't they? Sometimes we fail, sometimes we pass it. How often will God forgive us when we fail? Every time, every time, every time. Okay, let's go back to the card. You know I had orange hair, you know that. Did I ever ride an elephant? I did at the Cincinnati Zoo when I was young and stupid. I got on an elephant with my wife and our son when he was about three. What could go wrong with that? Luckily, I didn't have YouTube to watch all these wild elephant YouTubes. You've ever watched those? True or false, I have run for political office. Yes, I ran for city commissioner in Minnesota. I lost, I did get the Adventist vote though. I know that, I got the Adventist vote. That was an, I was a police commissioner, yes. In Minnesota, I went into City Hall and I said, what can I do to serve the city? They said, we, nobody here wants to be a police commissioner. We have three of them. There's uh, two serving, would you do it? Yes, I'll be a police commissioner. You know that I have Viking blood, so obviously I never drove a semi. <laughs> Anybody here drive a semi? Anybody? I, I got one in the, I've got one in the balcony, but I'm gonna guess he wants to drive a semi since he looks like he's 10. <laughs> um, so we're gonna give it to him for that. Okay, here's our text. These are two that in my life have always been there for me, and I'm sure you're very familiar with them. It's on the screen, but man, I love to hold the Bible. This is my Bible that was given to me when I went to seminary, and um, when my dad died, I had trouble sleeping. I'd get up in the middle of the night, I'd go to my office and mark this Bible from beginning to end with all the passages of hope. There's a lot. You know, even Lamentations has some amazing promises. But one that even when I was in academy, a young kid, I read it. As when you're young, you know, you're looking ahead to everything in life. When you're an elder, you spend a lot of time looking back and you don't want to think too far ahead because we know what's coming. We know Jesus is coming, but we also, I don't want to depress you, but most people think they have more days than they do. Most people think that they have more days. Than, well, here's one that I read, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It was in the show story. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Steve, you don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to understand it all. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct 
your paths. The other one is Psalm 22. The psalmist was writing this. Verse 4. Our fathers, I'm going to insert mothers because mothers play a big part too in the Bible. Our fathers and mothers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. I'm going to pause here and say there was a time in my life 20 years ago where I was struggling with work and education. And I needed some help from God to be delivered. And I wrote this text on a card. This is going to be a trick question for you guys. Some of you remember briefcases. Remember we used to take briefcases to work? I have two at home in my closet. But I had a little three-by-five card in there in my briefcase with this text. I would read it every day at work when I was struggling with some things at work. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. The question for you, for me, for the universe, can God be trusted? I'm not gonna sing it to you, but I'm gonna say the words. You may have heard this. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in God. Someday, we'll have eternity and we're all gonna share our stories with each other. But the really cool thing is Jesus is gonna sit down with us with our story and he's gonna say, in your story, Steve, congregation, I was always there.